the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Beer Geeks. Uh, I'm Derek filling in for Freddie. I'm usually doing the co-hosting duties, but Freddie's a new father, and this is his uh, first Father's Day, so he's taking it off to enjoy being a father. Lucky him. One of the perks, I yeah, guess. Right? You get, you know, you get, they have another excuse to take a day off. <laughs> so why not throw it in there? Well, so, I think it had probably had to do with the cover of the Weekender. Oh, yeah. If, if uh, you live locally, then you have seen Freddie's bare naked chest uh, right in front of you uh, all this week and, and on the internet. So I tried sharing it on our Facebook page and Facebook got all kinds of messed up and I couldn't get it. because <laughs> It says it's, hot or not. No. Yeah. <laughs> you probably can't even get out of the door. I would, so many women trying to... <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the issues. You can't leave the house because there's just so many women out and he's going to wind up murdering somebody, running them over. So he just, you know, I'm going to stay home. It's Father's Day. <laughs> All right. So I am joined this week by uh, our lovely panel. We have good old Ed, who's always here, not paying attention. Hey, hey. Oh, there he is. And his mic's not on. Mic's not on. <laughs> there he is. Is this thing on? And uh, good old Billy from Backyard Ale. Howdy. And uh, our new uh, panel host, uh, lovely, handsomest guy here. Oh, Billy's dropping stuff. Uh, Matt from Massive Beer Reviews is uh, here with us. Thank you very much. <laughs> the build-up. Yeah. Yeah. So this week we're taking a look at Oscar Blues, uh, another phenomenal brewery that is really well-known and very established in the craft beer industry. And they have you know, a new brewery online, and we're going to get into all these other things. They, they are very large and, and growing. It's interesting to see how large they are compared to uh, Founders. We had them on last week because it was very impressive how much they're growing. So before we get into all of that, though, in our interview with Brewmaster Tim Matthews, we're going to crack into some beer news. It's been an interesting week, I guess, to say the least, uh, with some weird things going on. And another lovely thing we get to hear about now, we had Duclaw Brewing on a few weeks ago. Now, they're in the news this week. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Sweet Baby Jesus is being pulled from shelves in Cleveland grocery stores. What? Uh, yeah, some people in Heinen's Grocery Stores, a chain out in Cleveland area, they're pulling it from their 22 locations because some cu- customers were offended by the name. Yeah. That's a swing state for you, baby. Yeah, that's uh, and, and they've said that that's happened before, and uh, you know that the people have complained before, but never to the point of them pulling it off the shelves. So that's what's happening now, and we'll be interesting to see. They've only the reason it's happening yeah, now. That's is, more for me. Then. They, yeah, they, they just started selling in Ohio two months ago, so that's why it's happening now. Because uh, you know they, they've that beer's been around for a few years, and they said that just two months ago they opened up the Ohio market, and uh, yep, that's already happening. So <laughs> we'll be interesting to see how that goes for them because they uh, love pushing boundaries anyway. And in the end, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Duclaw doesn't mind, you know, because publicity, yeah, publicity is publicity, baby, Yeah, you know? I mean, now you're getting all these people, and, like, and people <laughs> are here, because in all the all the articles I've reviewed, I've, I've read about it, they've all said, peanut butter, chocolate, porter, sweet baby Jesus, so you're you're getting the whole thing right <laughs> yeah, there, like free yeah. publicity, people are going, oh, there's peanut butter, chocolate, porter, I mean, <laughs> so yeah. you're getting, it's not just the name that people are seeing, they're seeing the whole gambit, so yeah, you're going to really, I'm fine with that, I'm sure they are too, like they're just, it's kind of a... Really? You know, it's just like that whole New Hampshire thing. You can't have babies on the bottle because, you know, you're promoting alcoholism to minor. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Can you have the word baby on the bottle? Is that allowed? Oh, you know what? I don't know. We'll see if that happens. We'll see what happens to sweet well, baby Jesus the, up in New Hampshire. I think of pretty things with, the, you know, they do the baby tree. You yeah. Know? And, and that's another, like, that's kind of a weird... When you talk about something that's like having babies on the bottle, it's like a really weird, yeah, like bottle and kind of like shtick to that thing. It's just interesting. It's it shows the world we live in, where all you need to do is offend one person with a big mouth, and uh, they can do whatever they want. So it didn't say; it just said some customers. So it it could have been three people that just said. Well, I my brother like Pat says usually. If- 
uh, freedom of speech and in the wrong hands is yeah. very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> usually, uh, something like that, typically when I pull from shelves, usually is a... Uh, there's a, a substantial uh, amount, uh, yeah. Uh, not even substantial amount. I would say there's uh, people who own the grocery store might have a... A, a, a reason a, a for it, too, A reason yeah. for pulling it, yeah. you know? Well, in other news, there's uh, not your father's root beer, which we've talked about here on before. Uh, they're going national now. They're going to be widely available. They signed a distribution deal with Pabst Brewing. Wow. That, oh, wow. That's what's going to be distributed. It's only a distribution deal, but they're going to be going national. So you're going to be able to find them all over the place. It's just a distribution deal with Pabst Brewing. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes because they've been really blowing up as of late and just really... I mean, I've, I've only heard about them in, within the yeah. last four or five months. So they've gone from like... You know, relative obscurity, obscurity to, to nothing, like, yeah, yeah. To, to all of this. Now they're everywhere. Now they're going to be nationwide. So it'll be, it, it's, and they've, you know, every time they go into a new market, they're one of those beers that has a lot of hype, but they seem to back it up with it's, everything, too. It's definitely a sustained hype. It doesn't yeah. go away. Uh, I'm smelling almost like a Zima of the 2010s because it's definitely not a beer. Not to, <laughs> not to say it's, it's a bad thing like that. It's a delicious yeah. thing, but it's more root beer. Yeah. Um, but I'd really like to, they make a 10% and 19% version yeah, of that. That'd be that interesting. Uh, yeah. It's a lot more yeah. limited. And they have a few at the brewery, too. They're a little different if you yeah. go on their website you can see they have at the tap room they have stuff so be interesting to see how this works for them if that's going to get them into being able to do other or is this going to max them out and that's all that they can do now for a while until they get to that next level all right another news speaking of larger brew companies uh goose island is bringing back some previous brewmasters specifically former brewmaster greg hall who was the man who made goose island what it was they're doing an alumni series and greg hall was the well is the son of former owner john hall he left, though, in 2011 as soon as that AB InBev deal went through. But he was the one that came up with all those Sophies, the, you know, all the recipes that everybody loves that brewery. That was Greg Hall. He left and started a cidery. But they're, they're, he came back and he's doing a, an English dark mild called Mild, but they're going to start bringing in all their former brewmasters to kind of have you know just a little stamp on where they're going with everything. But that was an interesting one to see because, I mean, Greg Hall made that company. So it'll be really interesting to see how that all goes. Is he coming back, like, permanently or just for, like, a one-off kind of thing? Do you know? They're doing a one-off. It's just they're, they're calling it the alumni series. They're doing a one-off. So it'll be interesting. I don't know if, if it's going to – because he said this is the first time he's been back in since 2011. And just seeing everybody again, so it was weird. But, I mean, that that's a guy – if you're going to bring someone back, we're going we're gonna to get uh, to that one. And uh, But there's a lot within that. Now, one other thing I want to plug before we get going with all this, Peculiar Culinary, our former yeah, – our, our infrequent yeah. guest, good old Gene – they are working on something. They're doing a Kickstarter to get a food truck. Now, th this I want to say, no matter where you live, wherever you're at, if you can get behind this, you're bringing great food and great beer together, and that's something we really like to push around here. Plus, he's an awesome dude. He's a great guy. If you go back and listen to any of the previous shows, you can hear Freddie drooling into the microphone as we're eating the food. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gene really knows his stuff. Like, we've donated to it on here. Um, but just really, and if, if you do donate to it, please let us know. I will kick in something special for you guys. I will get it in Gene's hands. But just go on over to PeculiarCulinary.com. You can find their Kickstarter info. They're really close, and they're almost up on their time. So please get over on that one. And if you do donate, please somehow let us know that you did that, and I will get you some special stuff. Uh, we are now having, we have a caller, which is going to be a nice one to bring up. We'll see how this goes. And we also are drinking some Mama's Little Yellow Pills from Oscar Blue. It's a great check pill. So let's bring up our caller. We have Alex from Bear Creek. Alex, how you doing, bud? Oh, but how are you? I just wanted to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> well, thanks. <Sorry. laughs> hey, that was, no, don't be sorry. That was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. A Happy's Father's Day. It is a Happy's Father's Day. Yes, it is. 
month. All right, there we go. I don't. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there we go. So that was a, that was a good time. Cheers to you, Alex. Oh yeah, good job, Alex. If that's your real name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're having Mama's little yellow pills. This is from Oscar Blues. This is their pills. We had this on actually last year around this time for our Father's Day special. We did a Pilsner special in our old home, and uh, this is a really great Czech pills. Just really smooth. This is a great beer. For when you're doing some yard work or doing anything on a hot Sunday, it's only, what is it, 5.3% ABV. But it's just got like a real nice slight hop bite, really light bodied, really, you know, it's, it's a pills. This is a good beer to give to someone to try to get them into craft beer. Yeah, yeah. This is a really approachable, like if you're coming from the macro beer background, it, it, that's the toughest thing. When, you're, when you have a friend that's only been drinking macro beers and you want them to get into this. It's a tough sell sometimes with some of the stuff we're used this to is, drinking. This is chuggable on mass. You could just, oh, yeah. you could just. This is, this is, yeah. this is uh, one of those beers that uh, I don't know. It's, it's an all-time go-to for me. Yeah, th- this you is know, a, it's just and, and Miller. I have to point out my buddy Miller. He's yeah. this one of his absolute favorites. I think even Miller. What sessionable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is sessionable before session was session. Yeah. This is one of those. If you are that guy, this is a beer that you can chug from the can and crush it on your head. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Shotgun it. But you can also like fold it over and do some other things. Like <laughs> poke holes in it. Who knows? <laughs> you want to jam a hole in it when you're done? But uh, yeah, this is. This is it's just like a really wonderful rendition of it. And it's nice having a Czech pills because a lot of times ones you see out there that a lot of breweries are getting into is more of the German pills. But, you know, it's nice having a good Czech pills. And I like with that because it still has a slut, slight spicy note from the hops, but it's not overwhelming. It's not anything. But, I mean, this has all those wonderful. The, the one that people really, when you think of a Czech pills, uh, is Ch- uh, Pilsner or Kell. Like, that's the one that a lot of people go to. It's kind of, I mean, it used to be, a really good beer. I mean, that was one of the first ones I ever had and when I like years and years ago. And I know they've gone through some issues with like recipe formulation, I think, because they've gone through. I, I don't I haven't had it in years, actually, so I really shouldn't uh, say too much. But it, it's that was the quintessential Czech pills. There's other ones that now are coming online. You have ones like this. It's just great to see that. And I, I love seeing this, this is a style, as you've said on here before, when you get a brewery that can do a really nice Pilsner. That's the showcase of how good a brewery is. Yeah, well, the Czech Pills. I mean, that that invented the style of Pilsner. I mean, they were they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they started that. Is Pils, that. Yeah. I mean, that's where that's where you know uh, the, you know the German light loggers, the Hellas loggers, and the Bright loggers. That's it. All of them tried to emulate the Czech Pilsner. So. Yeah, yeah, and that, and this is a, just a really great rendition of it. And it's it's nice to see when you're getting into that. As I said, like you know, a brewery that's doing a pilsner. You don't have a lot to hide behind, like you know, poo poo. How much you want on a macro beer? That's a tough thing to do because you don't. You have nothing to hide behind when you're getting into these lighter pilsner like beers because you can't hop the crap out of it to hide any off flavors, and you can't throw it in a barrel. You can't throw chocolate in it. There's there's no flavor. It's just here's what it is. If I mess this up. You are going to know that I messed this up big time. And it's going to smell. It's going to have those sulfury notes and all those things that are very, very off-putting to some people. And if you're sensitive, that's one of those other uh, flavor profiles. If you're sensitive to sulfur and that's in there, it's awful. And and not to mention going from... Colorado to North Carolina, opening yeah. a whole new brewery and keeping it consistent yeah, and that's bringing out the wanted, same thing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a tough thing. That's, I want to get into that with him because we, when we had um, Jeremy on from Lagunillas, that was one thing we talked to. They're, they're going from Northern California, opening a brewery in Chicago. Like You have all these other factors. Mitch, you got steel too. And, yeah. You know. it, there's so many things that can go wrong with it, and especially if you're doing a lighter variation like this. Like 
you got to dial that in because if it's off, like it's going to be off. And then especially because they, they've been around since the late 90s. You know, this was the other thing. We didn't even mention this yet. Yeah, cans. Yeah, Oscar Blues is the first craft brewery to throw beer in cans. Like now we're starting to see everybody getting into that. Oscar Blues basically started this whole thing off and putting all these craft beers in cans way ahead of time before anybody else was. They were the first to start this off and still doing it fantastically. And we also got, we'll talk about it later at the end of the show, we got a crowler from them, which is another really cool thing that you're starting to see some breweries get into, which is a combination can and growler. But we'll talk about that one later as <laughs> we yeah. crack that open because we had a real nice special one to end the show if with. If we survive. Yeah, that, <laughs> that'll be an interesting one because uh, we're going... We're definitely going in ascending order as we work through the beers today and getting into all these things. And we're going to be talking with uh, Brewmaster Tim Matthews about a lot of stuff and, and getting into where they're going and what's going on with the brewery. And there's so many cool things that they're doing. And just like to see how they're, they're going for this growth. And even the, the brewery in North Carolina, you know, they only opened that in 2012. And they've already announced by the end of the year, that's expanding. Wow. They, they had to expand that brewery out. So it's like they, they're really just hitting it and doing all these great things. And it's cool to see North Carolina is like a really up-and-coming area. You see a lot of breweries going into that. You have New Belgium down there, Sierra Nevada. They're all opening up their second breweries in that area. And there's all these other really cool breweries that are down there. That's another up-and-coming area that's going on. So it's just really neat to see, like, that's kind of where people are starting to congregate, too. And then, you know, you see that in craft beer. Like, there's there's certain areas that people are moving. And I, it'll be interesting to see as we go forward and uh, the markets expand. Because the one thing for a long time, the one area that's been, uh, I guess, not service is the Midwest. It's just been kind of barren. That was the one thing I know Tony McGee had talked about when they opened up the Lagunillas Brewery in Chicago was the reason behind that was they, were, they had to drive through all those areas to distribute to the East Coast. So... Why not just put something here, make it a little more central? Well, I mean, O'Hara is one of the busiest mm-hmm. airports. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense from logistics. You know, you can, you know, it's obviously centrally located, yeah. you know. So yeah, it, it makes, makes sense, sense to put it in Chicago. Too, yeah. as, as opposed to East Coast, nothing against North Carolina or whatever, but you have... Instead of going meeting in the middle now yeah. with the brewery shipping, you have a centralized location that can service the middle of the country like that. It just makes sense. Yeah, and I know, I know one of the reasons for some of that has been, uh, you know, we've talked about crazy beer laws on here before. You have some of those states that have really bizarre, you know, ABV. We're talking about Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio. Is one of yeah. them. Yeah. You have these states that have really weird, like you know, you can't go over ten percent ABV, or the and, and a lot of those laws when you get down to it. It really comes from pushback from the macro beers, like the the lobbying that they've done to keep these things out. And like they've pushed back about ABV and all these things not allowing things to happen. And that's what winds up going on. Like that's why some breweries have just avoided going into, you know, Texas or any of the Midwest areas because some of them have those caps on it. And it's just, it becomes a pain for everybody involved because then there's certain beers we can't sell, so then they have to, you know, worry about the SKUs and all the shipping and, and where things are going so that they're not losing a ton of money shipping stuff here because I can't send that, but I can send this. And then it just becomes a whole crazy kerfuffle, we'll say. Kerfuffle. <laughs> I think Ohio is like that, which is kind of unique. I think they're, 13% is the cap for them. And um, I, uh, I think that's weird because BrewDog's moving in there. Yeah. So, and they make a bunch of 18, yeah. 19% beers. So, to see maybe the laws are going to be changing, maybe they know something people don't Or they could know. be, you know, when we had Surly on, like Surly changed the laws in Minnesota to suit their needs as they were growing to be able to sell. I mean, that's what a lot of breweries do, that they, they come in. We've seen that in Texas, too. There's breweries 
that as they're going into doing something different, they push to change the laws. So it, it'd be interesting. I mean, and I think BrewDog now has enough uh, leverage behind them possibly to, to make that, you know, the muscle behind them to say, hey, this is what we want to do and work with them because it's like, you know, we said they're at 100,000 square feet. I think their facility is going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, when you're coming in right off the bat and opening that, I, you, you got someone's ear. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to be able to say, look, this is what we're doing. If you want this. Don't mess this up and then change, you know, they have a lot more. And, and with the way craft beer has been going, they have more to show. Yeah. So it's not just, in theory, this is what's going to happen. They can show, look, this is the growth rate for this industry over this period of time. And there's a lot, lot going on within that. But I think we'll take our break right now and uh, we'll come back in, get into a few more beers and keep it all going here. Sound good? Sounds, Sounds like all right, me. All right. We'll be back. Built for business. Did you know that Comcast Business Internet is up to five times faster than DSL from the phone company? Did you also know that Comcast Business actually is a better value when you choose the fastest plan? And did you also also know that nearly a thousand of your fellow business owners choose Comcast Business over DSL every single day? So what else could you possibly need to know? Except, of course, the phone number. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com and switch to Comcast Business Internet today. Then add one voice line and TV for just $34.90 a month for two years and ask about their low price guarantee. That's 800-501-6000. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer in 63015. Restrictions apply. Equipment, taxes, and fees, including broadcast TV fee extra. Compares Comcast 100 megabits per second and 20 megabits per second DSL downloads. Trying to find a beer you truly enjoy is becoming a rather daunting task. Everywhere you turn, another beer, another company, another slogan, another gimmick. Here at Anzalone Special Beer, we decided our gimmick was going to be, well, good taste. Perhaps not the most creative of gimmicks, of course, but certainly the most flavorful. Anzalone Special Beer. Good taste is our gimmick. Anzalone. Nobody but nobody loves happy shoppers more than mom. And to show her appreciation, Garrity Supermarkets is celebrating with a customer appreciation sale. June 21st through the 27th. In our butcher shop, there's 80% lean store ground beef. Now just $3.49 a pound. You'll save 80 cents a pound on any size package. Thirsty shoppers will love the savings on Coke. A 20-pack of Coke in all varieties on sale for just $4.99. Save a big $3. And in our bakery, you'll find fresh made from scratch. Kaiser Rolls in a six-pack, just 99 cents. Save $2. And in our produce garden, discover the savings on clustered tomatoes, just 99 cents a pound. Save a dollar a pound. Use your gold card and find total savings up to $184.26. Look for our money-saving insert in Sunday's paper. Garrity's loves you. Another reason why it pays to shop with mom. Visit us online at garrity's.com. Follow us on Twitter. Love us on Facebook. The history of the BMW 3 Series isn't written in books. It's written on roads across America. The original sports sedan was born 40 years ago when BMW created a vehicle with an unrivaled combination of power and agility and named it the 3 Series. Since then, the 3 Series has outdriven the competition with features such as near-perfect 50-50 weight distribution and a twin-power turbo engine, allowing it to set the standard for the sports sedan again and again. Come experience what truly separates the original sports sedan from the rest when you take a test drive at the BMW 40 Years of an 
Nikon sales event. You'll also receive a $1,000 credit towards any 2015 3 Series. So head to your local BMW Center for the BMW 40 Years of an Icon sales event today. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Wyoming Valley BMW Market Street Kingston is featuring a 2015 320i X-Drive lease for $289 per month for 36 months and get a $1,000 anniversary credit on any new 2015 3 Series. See dealer for details. like that sound. Yeah, that was the perfect, perfect timing, too. I wasn't even <laughs> I wasn't even shooting for that. Got the crack right there. All right, so we're getting into our next one here. Now, this is a newer one from the brewery. This is, uh, you know, we've talked about here numerous times about the whole session IPA movement where a lot of these breweries are starting to move towards and get into all these things as, the, you know, the, the IPA style has really taken off for a lot of breweries as they get into this, and that's the one that uh, kind of becomes the main go-to for them, whether they want it to be or not, that's just what winds up happening because that's, you know, we've talked about breweries on here that have attempted to say, you know, no IPAs, we're not doing it, period, blah, blah, blah. It becomes a bad business idea for a lot of them because they have people walking in all the time saying, what's your IPA? I want to try it. And when they say we don't have one, you're going to have some, you, you really will have some people just turn around and walk out. But, uh, you know, Oscar Blues has had one before, but they've gotten into, you know, doing a really good sessionable IPA. This is their Pinner Throwback IPA. This is 4.9%. So really light, really nice sessionable IPA, but it, I mean it's it's crystal clear. It's just really really clear. It's almost like pilsnery in color. Yeah, beautiful nose on it though. Huge citrus. Yeah, you get a, a, a huge hop. And it's funny because when you add in this, it's only thirty five IBUs. Yeah, like that's the thing that that's really because it, it tastes a lot bigger. And the aroma within it, it, it just it comes across as a lot bigger, but it's really fruity. That's what I like about it. It's, it's not, and not in the grapefruit way. It comes across more as, you know, some tropical fruits like berries, like almost like pineapple or, yeah. kind of stuff. And it, it's just, it comes across as that and a little bit of spice in there, but it's not just a ton of grapefruit. That's where a lot of breweries have gotten into is just doing a lot of those grapefruit type IPAs that, that really strong citrus notes, which are good, but... You kind of can overdo them. So is there anything wrong with that? Oh no, there's there's, there's nothing wrong. It's just like that's what the, the number one go-to for a lot of breweries are. And it's nice to see them getting into this and having this at, at 35 IBUs is really impressive because it just comes across, like I said, is a lot bigger. There's a lot more going on within this, but really light 4.9. I just love the idea of having that uh, just little amount with a nice hop kick and another one that's just super super sessionable. It's one of those things where you just have to look towards balance. I mean, you have a decent amount of hops in there and, uh, you know, a decent amount of malt going on, like a nice little biscuity malt going. And, yeah. You know, it's a delicious beer. Yeah, and it, it's it's nice because it, it tastes a little fuller. It doesn't come across because we've had some, you know, session IPAs that are, like we've said before, hop water. This doesn't have it. This has a body to it. This has some complexities to it. It's not really easy and just like, oh, here you go. Here's a bunch of hops with a little bit of malt. There you go. Drink it and shut up. You know, it's, it, it it has some thought process put into it, and has some balance really keyed in. There was a lot of focus put into doing this. This wasn't one that they just threw out to you know catch in on. Uh, like, oh, the session IPAs are taking off. Let's get one going. This is one that there was some thought put into it. And you know, Oscar Blues is a legend brand. I would say. I mean, starting in '97, you know, they've been around before all of this started, and they started out as a brew pub and grew into a brewery. 
and they've they just, they just continually grown, as we've said on here. Like, they just keep growing, and they, they've opened up all these locations that they had. They'd start out in Lyon, and they opened up uh, a Longmont, Colorado. Yep. And that's where they want to putting that's in. the Tasty Weasel Tap Room. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had started in the brew pub, and they, they had grown it through that, and then they got to the point where they had to open up another brewery in Longmont and then put Lyons back to being a brew pub. And then they have this new one in Brevard, North Carolina, and they just keep growing. And as I said, like by the end of the year, they're growing. Let me see. I have the numbers in front of me because they're adding 17,000 square foot for fermentation tanks onto the existing 30,000 square foot warehouse. I mean, they, they just keep growing with all these things. So, I mean, and that's within not even three years of, of being in that location. They've outgrown it. I mean, that really shows a lot to what's going on with this business. I mean, and most businesses would kill for that kind of growth right now. And this all was going on through recessions and through everything else that's been going on out there in the world. They continually grew through all of these things. Yeah, I guess they, they survived the dot-com bubble. And the <laughs> <laughs> and they're very uh, they're one of those breweries that definitely deliver it a beautiful price point too they're, yeah. they're not one of those breweries that yeah, produce it, it, beers that are absorbent amount of prices and stuff like that yeah they have they, they have what's interesting with the Oscar Blues is they have a fair amount of year-round offerings they, they only have a select few seasonals they, they really key in on just having their beers available year-round they have and the seasonals that they have you know like 1050 one of the most sought-after beers oh that beer is so good. yeah and it's, yeah. it's such a phenomenal beer and it's, and it's awesome too because that's one of those beers that you see it and people, because the association is still there, no matter how much craft beer has gotten into cans, you think of macro beer. And when you see 1050, you say, yeah, you can actually age that out. The thought of someone aging a canned beer is so bizarre to some people. I'm, I'm waiting to see somebody just wax dip a whole can, you know, <laughs> just for preservation purposes. Somebody please get on that already. <laughs> We're going to see photos very soon. But that, that's like a really go into age out, and it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal beer. And, you know, it, that's one of their few seasonal offerings. And that's what's cool with them is to have that because some some breweries will you know get that one beer that everybody wants and then kind of focus on building up that hype so when it comes out like you see it all the time now online like these lines for some of the breweries as they're you know they and they have to give out the tickets for the release date and you only get someone we had and we had uh cigar city on they had that whole issue with hunapu and people were making fake tickets for that stuff. I mean, like, you get into some, like, ridiculous stuff, and it puts all these problems that most breweries you would never think of. Like, when you first start out a brewery, you're not going to think, you know, someday our beer is going to be so popular that you're going to have some schmuck counterfeiting. Uh, counterfeiting a ticket to get a beer. But that happens. And then it's like, well, how do you deal with that? Like, that's not something you throw in your business plan that's going to happen. That ruins it for everybody else. Yeah. It almost seems like a, a subculture to oh, yeah. the, in that in the whole beer thing. There's people that you know love beer, people that love this about beer, that about beer, and then there's people that love to go to bottle releases and sit in line and do yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. There's this camaraderie and there's that that crossover with, with like you know the nerd culture and how things have grown and you get this uh, obsessive collector type mentality and you see that within people. I mean, I, I guarantee there's a lot of people that go to those bottle releases just to hang on to, not even to drink it. Like they're mm. just getting it just to have it on the shelf as a trophy. Yeah. And, like, that's what it becomes. And it's like, that's fine if you're willing to go and sit there for three hours. But, like, that's what some of it winds up becoming. It's not so much to drink the beer. It's to say you have it. Yeah. To no. say you drank the beer. Drink, and that, drink it, baby. Yeah. that's It's like, if, you, if you're going to go through that, just have it. And if, you're, if you want to be the collector, hang on to your bottle. Except, you know, I tried doing that and my basement flooded. I talked a couple weeks ago. I wound up junking all my bottles because my basement <laughs> flooded. And was like, how am I going to? And plus, like, you know, with moving in the, in the coming time, like, how am I going to justify 
boxes and boxes of empty bottles. I'm going to feel like such an idiot. Like, oh, those are fragile. Oh, it's in there. Oh, empty beer bottles. <laughs> so were you saying that week you're, um, you're recycling? Um, oh, yeah. Pick rubber yeah, was oh, like, hey. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I went through. I had to get an extra can to get that. Yeah. So, yeah, there was, there was a lot going <laughs> the on. The recycle guy's like, yeah, Dirk kicked it up a notch this, this week. He really hit it This guy it either had a really good or a really bad week. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but, yeah, it, there's a lot within that. And I, the, the crossover is there because you see that collector mentality. And that's something we've seen within, like, nerd culture with, you know, comic books. And, and you see a lot of the same people kind of delving into both worlds. Like, they have, you know, people are really into comic books. You see some of that in that. And people are into music. Anything that has that obsessive mentality. Like, I've, I've been, like, a horror fan my whole life and been a collector. And so that part of my brain's already wired there. Yeah. So you, you have a lot of that in, in this community. You know, for good or bad, it's just like that's really where a lot of it is, and that's what a lot of these breweries have built themselves on is the ability to have that kind of following. And I think that's a good thing with the um, uh, brewery only releases the camaraderie about going to them is nice. It's the secondary market thing that's just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, dodgy, I guess you'd say, when people like buy a $15 bottle and try to sell it for $150, $200. Yeah, and that, that's we've talked to some people on here before about that, like how do you feel about. Um, what was it called? Trade bait? Trade so, bait, yeah. From the yeah. When we talked to Jeremy from, from Neshaminy Creek called trade bait, it, you get into some of that, and that's where I think brewmasters like the idea and, and breweries like the idea of people being able to get their beer that normally probably couldn't get their beer. Because, of course, you want exposure, and especially if you believe in your product, you want that exposure. But there's something in it that y- y- it's no longer, you have no control. You don't know if some guy's storing yeah, it next the, to his heater in his apartment for the chain months. of custody is, n- yeah. you know, your, 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 your supply chain is now compromised with that. So or, you or don't know how old it could be or whatever. Well, and the yeah. other, um, I think it might've been that toppling Goliath, I think was the beer that became like a thing that people were collecting, um, I forget what beer it was from them, but people were collecting. It was like a big sought-after one, and, and online, what happened was people were buying it, drinking it. Rewaxing it. Rewaxing it, and putting a different beer into it. So people were getting these beers, because that's where you get to have a problem with it, is you're, you're having someone get a beer that is representing your brewery to the person drinking it, and it's not the beer. And that's where you're going to start that's to have dirty. Yeah, it's awful so, because it's yeah. going to ruin the brewery for people. It, and and it's not to disperge or whatever, um, like beer trading. I know a lot of people yeah. do beer trading, and if you get in a nice, good community of it, you can uh, you can find some really good people to trade stuff with, and you know they're taking care of their beer and doing all the right things. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on with that. You know what? We're going to take. Is Kathy in there? I don't see Kathy. Oh, Kath, we're going to take another break and we'll come back. We actually have Tim Matthews joining us on the phone. So we're going to talk to Tim a little bit. We're master from Oscar Blues and uh, dive into some more of these beers. Caring for a loved one is a personal decision. Choose care that's personal. You know, Renee, when we partnered to bring personal home health care to NEPA, I really think it was because of the attention to detail and can-do attitude you brought to the patients of my facilities. Thanks, Mike. That means a lot to hear. As a nurse and case manager at other companies, I kept meeting resistance to provide what patients, and just as importantly, their doctors wanted in a home health provider. I thought that we could provide a more personal level of care to those we serve, and that's exactly what we do at Personal Home Health Care every day. Don't compromise. Personalize the care your loved ones need to enjoy a better quality of life at home. Personal home health care. It's the personal detail that's 
Visit us at personalhhc.com. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I'm sitting in a bar. I'm all alone. Yeah, and okay, I'm a dog and I'm only three. But you know what? That's not all that important. I'll show you what is. Hey, Rocco. Yes, Bruno. Don't give me the usual. I want to try something new. Try the Sansalone Lager. It's delicious. <laughs> That's good. Next time you're out, don't order the same old beer. Break the habit. Try Anzalone Special Beer. Change your habits. Change your world. Anzalone Special Beer. Hey, need a vacation? How about two? Yes, you can. Now, through June 30th, receive two vacations in combination with any new vehicle purchase at Gray Chevrolet and Gray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Stroudsburg. Yes, you can. Get a three, four, or seven-night cruise, plus also a seven-night resort stay for use now or within a year. Choose from hundreds of destinations. Myrtle Beach, Orlando, Williamsburg, Vegas, Bahamas, Mexico, and more. No blackout dates, not a timeshare. Just pick a vacation destination and go. Yes, you can. Come home with huge savings on a new 2015 Jeep Patriot or Compass Chevrolet Cruze or even a Chrysler 200 sedan, all priced at just $99 per month. Yes, you can. Save up to $9,500 below invoice. Drive home with no money down or get 0% financing. Bad credit, no credit? Yes, you can. Get approved and drive with pride. Great Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Gray Chevrolet on Route 611 9th Street in Stroudsburg. Don't delay. Your two vacations and new ride awaits. Visit online at nobodysellsforless.com. See you. Details vacation and combo with new purchases since June 30th, 2015. You're invited to Griffin Pond's Extreme Shelter Makeover Kickoff. Be there and celebrate the kickoff of the campaign to expand Griffin Pond Animal Shelter and improve the conditions for hundreds of dogs, cats, and other small animals. This free event is on Saturday, June 27th, starting at 11. Enjoy refreshments, live music from the Ron Lee's Jazz Trio, and get some lovin' from one of the animals up for adoption as you get ready to bring home the newest member of your family. Griffin Pond Animal Shelter is located at 967 Griffin Pond Road in South Abington Township, online at griffinpondanimalshelter.com. Ah, and we're back. We just finished off a little bit of that Dale's Pale Ale, another great beer from Oscar Blues, a good, solid pale ale. And now we are joined on the line by Mr. Tim Matthews, brewmaster from Oscar Blues. Tim, how are you doing? Good, sir. I'm doing fantastic, guys. Good, good. You sound a little tired. Well, uh, actually, it's the allergy season. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we know that. A lot pain. of cottonwoods. Yeah, we not, know that. Not fun, so <laughs> <laughs> we know that pain very well. Yeah. <laughs> so let's dive into a little bit of history of Oscar Blues. On the brewery opened in '97. When did you come online working at Oscar Blues? I came online in 2008. That's when we uh, we got a production facility, about a 35, 40,000 square foot facility in 2008, and um, that's when we expanded from 11,000 thereabouts to 17,000 barrels in uh, one year, from 07 to 2008. Now, were you there in the transition of that, or were you there? Was that already established, and then you came in and started helming that? I uh, came. I came on actually as a ship brewer in 2008. I uh, uh, was brewing in a brewery in British Columbia, even though I'm from Pittsburgh and Philadelphia originally. Yeah, so I started brewing in Pittsburgh actually. But I was brewing in British Columbia, and I heard about this thing going down in uh, in Colorado, and uh, walked into this relatively empty facility and uh, met some great people and uh, signed on and started to brew the beer in, in about August 2008. Wow. So what were you doing up in British Columbia? 
I thought I was living the brewer's dream. I threw a dart at the map one day. I'm like, I'm going to live in the mountains. I'm going to have a big dog. I'm going to have a Jeep, and I'm going to brew beer. And, uh, well, it turns out uh, BC stands for bring cash, especially we're in that certain uh, um, uh, mountain resort started building around there. Uh, housing prices went through the roof, and I got priced out. But uh, I had a good time in the meantime. So you yeah. couldn't build that dream shanty that you wanted then? Uh, maybe in the future I'll have a place <laughs> up there, but uh, we'll see. So now, how did you get into all this? Was there like a gateway beer that you had that, that really opened your eyes to craft beer? I had a gateway place because uh, it was the diversity in, uh, in beer that really got me. So I was in Pittsburgh, so I went to Pitt. I, I was studying linguistics and Russian, uh, and now I'm doing beer, so that's the natural transition. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there is a place in Pittsburgh called the Sharp Edge Beer Emporium, and it is just a plethora of beer across the entire country and world. And I was just, I was actually taken there by my pastor, and uh, he's like, you need to check out beer. I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't think really he knew how far I was going to take it. Uh, but lo and behold, uh, like over the course of three years, I developed a passion for every single style of beer. And decided in 2005 to actually uh, brew beer, and then uh, just a few months of home brewing, and decided I'm going to brew professionally. And then I was uh, brewing professionally by the end of 2006. Wow, that's a quick jump. But so, what was what was like your style-wise that you were going for when you started brewing? Were you keen in on anything, or was it all just kind of you're trying it all because that's what you got into, really? I have always loved malt. Malt was uh, the the key flavor that I thought uh, really embodied the uh, the brewing process and the uh, and the essence of beer. It's not like there's other uh, there's other aspects of beer, of course, hops, and uh, I can talk about hops just as much as I talk about malt. But malt, the flavor of malt, was unique to beer, and uh, yeah, compared to other fermented. Uh, beverages out there and malt uh, was just you know, from the Belgian beers to the German Doppelbox to the Scottish Wee Heavies to the American Red all that stuff was just um, you know the depth of flavor was very unique and really got me going my first couple beers were you know, Amber uh, a Wee Heavy and uh, um, also a Honey a Honey Malt Ale so um it really was what got me going. Wow. So did you have any difficulty then transitioning into Oscar Blues? Because you were coming into this, like, they had a fair amount of recipes already established that aren't necessarily overly malty. Was that an issue? Like, well, I shouldn't say an issue, a difficulty for you? Actually, when I came on board in 2008, we were brewing uh, Dale's Pale Ale, uh, Old Chub, uh, Gordon, now we call it Goodnight, uh, and Ken City. Those were oh, okay. the four beers we were brewing. I was able to be part of the formulation of Mama's Little Yellow Pilsner, Gubna, uh, Deviant, uh, IPA, and now Pinner, and uh, a soon-to-be-released new IPA. So yes, uh, it actually was more malty back then, and uh, over the time, a love of hops has actually occurred, and uh, you know, now we source uh, 30 different varieties of hops. Uh, so technically, Dale's, uh, it was very approachable for me when I got in there. And over the last seven years, I've been uh, learning the love of hops through Oscar Blues because there's definitely something there. 
based upon Dale's Pale Ale and, and Goodnight. Oh, absolutely. Now, is there any, uh, what was like your first Oscar Blues like solo recipe beer? Is there a specific one? What was your first one that was that was solely yours? Oh, I, um, oh, uh, so solely mine. I mean, it, it, I can't even really call it that, but uh, because the, uh, the Pinner was a collaboration between everybody at Oscar Blues in production, a quality team, between both uh, the Longmont facility and the Brevard, North Carolina facility. And uh, I, mean, I would, uh, it always starts with uh, multiple recipes by one person. You need to have that fixed point. But the development of what flavors really made it into the final can um, really came through everybody. Pinner was the one that I spearheaded. Um, that's one way to say it. Oh, we really appreciate. We had that. We had the pinner earlier, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So, well done, sir. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Sip, sip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, the other thing too, and this may come kind of sound like a dumb question for some, but is there any thought process that has to go into recipe formulation with canning the beer versus having to do it in bottles? Um, in some ways, I would say it's not necessarily the can itself, but we have people that love to drink our beer for many different reasons. You don't want to put a beer in there that's not approachable. Um, you can say, I mean, it, it's a rough thing to say, but some people look at certain beers and their packaging and they and the flavor, and they can and they can think of it as pretentious because it's just not approachable. Mm-hmm. When I uh, develop a beer for a can, uh, yes, I want it to be challenging, but at the same time, I'm approachable. The uh, stability for for beer, uh, can or bottle, is all the same because the uh, the vessel. The can's already set up to excel in stability, not having any uh, ingress of air or uh, allowing any sunlight in it. But still, the the nature of the beer inside can actually have bad stability if the recipe's not right. So it's mainly having an approachable flavor. Not too much, not too little, but still something unique. Yeah, we were talking about that before as you're working through these beers, that they all have that great balance and super, you know, easy drinking quality no matter what. Even with a 1050, it's got a lot of flavors. It's still got a really easy drinking quality despite the also high ABV in that. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of smoothness and, and crispness in uh, in pen you, you can talk about the finish, you can talk about the, uh, the bitterness profile or the, the sweetness, all of that. And, but it has to add up and to a person and feeling that they just had great beer, beer experience once that can is empty. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about now was the North Carolina Brewery came online in 2012. What were some of the challenges you had? Because we had uh, Jeremy on from Lagunitas, and we were talking about the water consistency as they moved to Chicago. Did you have some of those issues as you were moving to North Carolina with having to worry about the water profile? Did you have to adjust recipes or anything to keep that consistency? Well, uh, we were actually lucky um, because the so the water source in Longmont is coming down from the mountains. It's it's uh, it's melt. It's it's uh, surface water coming out of mountains with hard ground, so it doesn't have too many uh, minerals like uh, calcium or uh, too much sodium. It's uh, it's what our uh, local water treatment guy here in Longmont calls as close to distilled as nature can get. The, um, which is great because you can yeah. build upon that. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing about the about Brevard because it had the exact same thing coming out of the Pisgah Mountains and uh, also not having any high amounts of calcium, magnesium, or sodium. 
the uh, and it also didn't have anything that uh, leached in the uh, farming and the like. That's but that's the problem with some Southern California and uh, Houston is that the water starts in the mountains and then it ends up. At, you know, through after having all this stuff in the ground, the farming practices, mm-hmm. it was very similar in regard to Longmont. However, the uh, we did uh, find out that the there were fluctuations in chlorine, so we had to install a charcoal filter at uh, the Rivard facility to keep the chlorine levels consistent with what uh, Longmont sees. So that was really the main thing was just having to worry about the filtering in the water a little bit. Yep, just a little bit. No reverse osmosis, nothing really. You know, we were able to get the uh, the water as is for the most part. Wow, that's really good. That, that's like I know one of the nightmares a lot of brewers have is they're they're moving yeah. is just having to worry about all that because you know especially with some of these lighter beers they're doing like Mama's Little Yellow Pills, it's mm-hmm. so light if there's anything slightly off, it's going to jump out at a lot of people. Yeah, these lager beers, especially Bohemian Pilsners, are uh, traditionally brewed with water with very little, very soft water and very little amounts of calcium or sulfates or chlorides or uh, or magnesium. So, it, it, Mama's, I think, is the is the, the beer that actually uh, matched it up the most easily between the two places. So now, the other thing that's going on in North Carolina is you guys are already expanding that out. So. When that's done, what will the total volume be at, at, between all the locations that you'll be able to put out? Well, we're going to have a large facility. It's going to be the. Uh, it's going to take the cake in the end. Uh, we're going to have about two hundred thousand barrels of capacity in that at that location. The Longmont facility will be uh, rounding up between one sixty and one eighty thousand barrels. Uh, we're pretty close to that in Longmont right now. The uh, um, there's a couple more things we're going to do over the next year and a half in Brevard. We have, are actually going to be building out over the next year. Year, including the water treatment facility, uh, some larger tanks, a whole other offshoot uh, to the current structure to house these uh, fermentation. The uh, brew house has already been expanded to uh, uh, accommodate this 200,000 barrel uh, capacity. It's currently being commissioned um, over, the, over the summer. But I would expect that by 2017, but combined, the facilities have about a 370,000 barrel capacity. Wow. Wow. That's. So how many states is Oscar Blues available in right now? Uh, we just opened up West Virginia and Arkansas, so we're at 44 right now, I believe. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. So is the, is the plan then to go full national? Full national and beyond. So is, is there, yeah. Are any of your beers available? We have international listeners. Are any of those available internationally right now? Uh, we have a partnership with some people, uh, some distributors in the U.K. Even uh, Brewdog, Brewdog has a, is a distributor for us over there because they have all their different pubs. And Brewdog brings our beer in, in the U.K. along with some other ones, I believe. And then Sweden also receives a pallet or two of beer every, every uh, couple months. It's always interesting to me because there's a couple of breweries that have done that. It seems weird to me that Sweden, that a couple of them have really keyed into going into Sweden. Like, what is, like, I don't know if you can speak to this, but, like, what is it about that country that, that's kind of more open to a lot of crap breweries? It's just like, you know, I know Germany has their history. Is it a little less in Sweden? Is that what it is? Well, um, in Europe, the biggest thing is the the infrastructure to bring in and even distribute and sell beer. I'm guessing Sweden has that compared to uh, places like Italy, which will be very close, uh, and also even the U.K., uh, 
The infrastructure is you need to have a distributor willing into bringing it in and actually store it properly. Mm-hmm. And then they need to have its, uh, this packaged beer be sold on a, on premise somewhere or even on an off-premise, so like a beer store. Those don't always exist. It's very tough. You have these ma- major chains. So I'm guessing that the UK and Sweden have these uh, have more of an infrastructure similar to the uh, US already set up or already developing. If you go to Brussels or you go to Paris, you go to uh, places in Italy or Germany, it's it, it's so established and controlled by those already in, in place that it's really hard for an outsider to come in because you have no shelf space. There's no way to get your beer on in the hands of your customer. Oh, okay. I was, it just always interested me that that was the one that people keyed in. All right, let's get into a little bit of beer. We, we kind of worked through a lot of them, so we're going to talk to you a little bit about a special one that uh, was crawlered for us from the show, the Barrel-Aged Goodnight. So now, All right. what, what kind of barrels were these, uh, was this what's Goodnight aged into? Well, we've aged Goodnight in both sherry barrels and uh, and also some whiskey barrels. The uh, the sherry barrels have this, um, you know, really elegant vanilla wood-like uh, from the French oak. And then, of course, this uh, rich berry and and port sherry um, flavors mixed in. Uh, the whiskey barrel uh, is going to be very, very, uh, it's going to accentuate the bitterness of the beer, but also bring lots of uh, very uh, natural oak flavors and also whiskey. And Goodnight does really well on the barrel because it's, it technically has uh, not as much hops as people think. It's, it's actually a malt forward beer, uh, or more of a malt forward beer than people think because of the use of these English uh, caramel malts that give you uh, candy and honey and caramel and toffee. So that's why this uh, the, the barrel age tonight comes out so complex and uh, so approachable because they really are made for each other. Yeah, it's definitely not. You know, some barrel-aged beers we've had, you know, have that huge burn, the alcohol heat to it, and kind of takes over the beer. This really, they meld into one another, which really nicely... Yeah, it makes it really nice and smooth. Yeah. Um, so, Tim, uh, I got a question for you, man. I wasn't going to ask you this um, just because I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but do you think, and just be honest with me, do you think uh, Peter Check is going to be the uh, answering goal for Arsenal this year, or do you think they should go somewhere else? Oh, he didn't get a lot of. Uh, he, he had some of the best stats while he actually was in, the, in between the pipes uh, while uh, Courtois was uh, for Chelsea. But uh, I don't know. I like Espina, but he uh, he did make some weird mistakes in some games. Uh, I, you know, Chesney is a, a fantastic keeper himself, but uh, you know, great talent. But I don't know what some of the mistakes he's made over time are inexplicable. Peter Check will be you know get him in get him in net for a. Uh, a season that I think that Arsenal will definitely be able to challenge for the uh, the league. Um, I don't think he's long term. Maybe Chesney is still the long term answer, but uh, I think Czech would be great for this upcoming season. I agree. I mean, Lehman came in at the same age, so um, yeah. yeah. I had to ask you an Arsenal question. I was going to ask you what you thought of Tottenham, but this is FM radio, so <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I was just as all assume what I would say. So, yeah. Awesome, well, Tim. I really appreciate you taking the time. We're we're up against it. We're going to be in the show soon. Say so. hi to my buddy Jeremy Rudolph too. Will do, man. Yeah, Will I, really, do. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tim. Have a have a great rest of your weekend and uh, enjoy your Father's Day if if that's uh, in yeah, the repertoire. I'm doing it right now, actually. <laughs> well, enjoy, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Thanks so much, Tim. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Ah, another another great interview. I, I love the Arsenal like curveball. Yeah. yeah. 
had to throw it out there. <laughs> it's only like we're going back on our old station. We actually had a sports station. We yeah. were on that. <laughs> hey, got to bring it. It's soccer. Some people in this area, sports, maybe, maybe not. I wouldn't say this area. I would say this this country. People with that are kind of like, no, no. Nah, it's changing quite, quite quickly. It's changing. Yeah, it's just it's not uh, not there yet. But no, this is really. I'm really happy they sent this. I didn't get to really talk about the crowler with them. But the, the crowler for those who aren't familiar with that is, you know, a lot of people know the growler. It's a glass container. And uh, within that, like, you know, people get the beer from the brewery on tap and they can contain it and keep it for usually it'll go like three days at most. I really wouldn't even do that. Uh, it's really meant to be enjoyed fresh if you're going to get it from that. But with the crowler, what's nice is they'll shoot it full of CO2 and like, have it that it's stored and then they can it. So you basically get a very large, a 32 ounce can of craft beer that you can have and it'll last a lot longer than it's actually meant to be sustained and, and you can stick it in your fridge and hang on to it. It doesn't have to be had immediately. The freshness doesn't immediately deteriorate, which is a really nice thing. And you're starting to see a lot more places pick up on that and even craft beer bars and things like that are starting to get them to have beers to go because of that reason. Because that's something, you know, I, I remember being around people when they're getting growlers filled. You always have to explain to someone, have you done this before? Okay, this is how it works because a lot of people don't know and they'll wait a week and then you'll get a call, the beer was flat. Like, well, yeah, you, you can't do that. <laughs> so, like, that, that's an issue with a lot. But that's what's nice with the crowler is you don't have that problem. Like, you can have that stuff. Yeah, and there's longer. pressurized growler systems that, you yeah. know, you could get a couple weeks. I know we have one at the Ale House, but, um, you know, it, there, I mean, you know, you don't want to go a really long time. Yeah, yeah, Maybe, not like, a couple weeks, or, yeah. yeah. And I think one of the best things about the crowler is um, quantity. Like, a lot of times your growlers are 64, 64 ounces. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's a lot. I, yeah. and that's a lot. for Especially I mean, if you're going to have to have like that day, like yeah. you gotta, you gotta be ready for that. Yeah, and uh, I know I drink multiple different beers if I'm gonna drink throughout tonight the same beer over and over. So it's really nice, and uh, it's you a know, commitment. Yes, you that, and yeah. um, you know, cleanliness. Not that you know, whatever. I mean, the cans are self-contained by the people themselves. But I think uh, there's only three the sweet places in Pennsylvania do do crowlers right Sabatini's now. Sabatini's has one. Sabatini's, yeah. um, uh, Pizza Boy, and uh, some. I'm forgetting a third one, but yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the third. And I know, and there, there's, but it, it's not. It's a very limited thing. It's really cool, and it, it's and it's a great fit for them as a brewery to crowler their beer. Yeah. So you know, but uh, oh. uh, you know, next time uh, we'll do is I'll get a. I have a Swedish expert, so my sister Ooh. actually lives in Sweden. So I, I will get a. a is, she, uh, is, he, is she a chef? <laughs> no, she's not. Sorry, Sweden. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. <laughs> Maya, Sophia. Yeah, it's so sad. Like in America, that's all we have. That's all she was sweet. <laughs> we have a guy that wasn't, and it's funny because I remember uh, the Swedish, they've played that for them. They're like, that, he's not Swedish. That's Norwegian. They get like really <laughs> mad about that. But uh, yeah, as again, we're up against it. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering a lot of summer beers with uh, All About Beer Magazine president, Chris Rice. We've had him on here before. We're going to dive into a lot of really cool things that are going on throughout the area. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Enjoy your Father's Day, Daddy.